Hey there, enjoying SBO Perspectives? Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business. And the official podcast of ASBO International. The official podcast, yes. And I am Dr. Jack R. Mitchell, here along with the esteemed... John Bricado. John Bricado. Oh, you know, it's... Folks don't really maybe not know this, and I have to give away one of our secrets here, um, John, is that we record the intro and outro after we do the actual we do. podcast. We do. Um, in that episode today... Oh, today today's episode is a little bit longer, as you probably noticed already, than our, our average episode. And for good reason, we have four individuals on today that speak about their recent experience on their trip to Guatemala as part of the Life Touch Memory Mission. And it's an incredibly eye opening experience. And Jack and I learned an incredible amount. It's very emotional, but huge. Yeah, something that I think all of you are going to get something out of and hopefully Certainly. would be inspired to volunteer moving forward in the next Life Touch Memory mission. So, with that being said, buckle up. We got a great episode for you. So, we hope <laughs> you uh, Yeah, That's we enjoy. <laughs> yeah, we hope you enjoy yes. our, our conversation today with uh, our group from the Life Touch Memory Mission. Today on the podcast, we have Cindy Reilman, Assistant Superintendent for Business Services at the Ferguson Florissant School District, Tamara Mitchell, Assistant Superintendent for Business and Financial Services at Joliet Public Schools District 86, Adam Flores with Hug It Forward, and Jan Haig with LifeTouch. Welcome, everybody. We're happy to have you on today. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Quite the well, group. Well, this isn't the full house, correct? Yes. Right. Wow. <laughs> uh, so the proper introductions are done, um, and I, I just want to say... Welcome, Adam and, and Jen. I mean, this is going to be an incredible episode. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm just beaming, as you can tell right now, um, and salivating at the same time, <laughs> waiting to, to ask you guys about everything and beyond. So um, thank you. And of course, Cindy and Tamara, it's great to see you again. And it, it, you almost like veterans now. So um, we thank you so much. Um, so last year, you know, we, we actually had a uh, podcast episode with Cindy, so you know Adam and Jen, and we also have one with Tamara. Um, actually, we did a um, a segment with Tamara and also John, who's the current president with Aswan International, um, at the last conference um, in September in Portland. So, um, but when we when we spoke in the fall, um, Cindy, in our podcast episode, you alluded to going on a volunteer mission, right, in the upcoming months, and it was our understanding that there were you know, a couple organizations involved. Um, so maybe I guess let's start with uh, the life tough. The, sorry, the life touch mission. Mission. Can you tell us a little bit about them? You know, like who they are and what they re represent. And then I have some, you know, follow up to that as well. So let me start um, by saying that we were proposed with a great opportunity to apply for the life touch memory mission trip um, as being ASBO, right? So representing Association of School Business Officials International. Um, we were allowed this opportunity because LifeTouch is, is an official partner with us, right? And so we uh, got to apply for this LifeTouch memory mission trip. 
-hmm. and we were chosen. So Tamara and I actually represented ASBO on this Life Chats memory mission trip, um, along with a variety of other education associations. And so what I would like to do is I'd like Jan, who really spearheaded the trip and organized the entire trip, to kind of share from her Life Touch perspective how it all gets organized, how it's all come about. Um, but yes, Tamara and I were, were very gracious to have been chosen to participate and represent ASBO on this trip. So and Jan, can I say, after you, after you maybe have Jan go, maybe Adam, because I also want to know, of course, you know about Hug It Forward, who they are, their goals as well. And um, something about Bottle Cop Classroom, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. So Yeah, and Jan, maybe you can just give our listenership just some context of what the Life Touch mission is and then kind of how ASBO got involved. Sure. Yes. Um, so Life Touch, uh, in the year 2000, I'm just going to give you just a quick history because it kind of helps set the stage for the mission trips. So in the year 2000, a gentleman in Minneapolis, Minnesota came to us and said, you're a photography company. By any chance, do you have any old Polaroid cameras and some old Polaroid film that we could take to Kosovo because we are reaching out to a community that was impacted by the war and everybody has lost everything. And we really would like to provide instant IDs for this community. And, you know, we had old retired cameras sitting on a shelf, not doing any good. And so a group of volunteers from LifeTouch went to Kosovo and that was our very first memory mission. And the volunteers came back and said, we got so much more out of that than we gave. Well, yes, we provided instant IDs and we worked with the people in the community, but we just realized that bringing hope by participating side by side and making a difference really made a difference. And so from that point forward, the leaders just said, this seems like the right thing to do. So why don't we continue to do a philanthropic event or an initiative and help people around the world? So since 2000, we have now taken 20 memory mission trips, uh, both stateside in the United States. We've done a lot of work and we've also gone to developing countries. And that's how it all got started. And it now is, uh, you know, 2023 and we have taken 20 trips. Great. So tell us a little bit about the memory mission that we're here to talk about today. Like, where did you go? How did it start? How was ASBO International involved? Just giving giving us some details on, on what we're talking about today. Sure. So just a couple of weeks ago in January, um, there were 38 volunteers that went to Guatemala. It was our first time that we've actually gone to Guatemala Uh, We have done work in other uh, countries like the Dominican Republic and Haiti. We've been to Puerto Rico, Jamaica, uh, but this was our first trip to Guatemala. And um, in my research, in looking at who do we want to partner with, because you always need to have some kind of local partnership to think about how do you work in country. um, I did a lot of research and I found an organization called Hug It Forward. And uh, started a conversation with Adam Flores uh, in July of 2019, so before the pandemic. And we were really thinking about how might we partner and just excited to say that finally in 2023, we were able to travel to Guatemala with Hug It Forward. 
Great. Hey, I love a good segue like anybody. Adam, maybe you could tell us about Hug It Forward and what that uh, organization's about and how you are involved with Life Touch and the Memory Mission. Yeah, happy to. And thank you guys for hosting this and putting this together. Um, yeah, so Hug It Forward, we've been a 501c3 registered nonprofit since 2009. And our main focus, I would say like broad strokes, our main focus is making sure that the people, the kids of more the in indigenous rural areas of Guatemala have access to education. Okay. And a lot of these areas, there's a lot of context here. And I don't think we have all the time to, to go through this, but this is something that people get to experience when they come down on the trip is understanding why specifically educational infrastructure is lacking in Guatemala. There was 36 years of war. Okay. During that mm -hmm. time, there was a lot of chaos. There was a lot of public places being destroyed. Um, and it was a very, very intense time. And during that time, you know, public places like churches and schools were destroyed. There's also been some uh, more intense earthquakes in Guatemala that have hurt infrastructure there. And in Guatemala, it's not so much a lack of teachers that are available. It's a lack of infrastructure. So we're working primarily in areas where, um, you know, the classrooms are over overpopulated, overcrowded, we might see 40, 50 kids um, in each classroom. Additionally, multiple teachers in each classroom. So really, our focus is public education, providing the infrastructure to allow more efficient, more effective um, environments, learning environments for these kids. And then in tandem to that, we also do an environmental education program. And this is where we get involved with the bottles and there's lots of wins with the project and why we do the bottles. Um, Great segue. <laughs> yeah. So it, there's, there's a lot to talk about, but you know, the bottles and, and a big thing with development work and making sure that you're really being as responsible as possible is making sure that the people that you're supporting are empowered and committed and completely bought into the project. So we kind of joke around and we say that bottle schools is probably the least efficient way as far as time, human man hours um, to build a school. But there's so many other wins. You know, one is we get to clean up the environment. So the, the community members are literally picking up the bottles and the non-biodegradable non trash from the community and stuffing that trash inside the bottles. Those bottles will be then tied into the walls of the school. Um, wow. The other one is that they're fully committed. It takes thousands of hours to create these eco bricks is what we call them. And we require that about 80 to 90% of the eco bricks be ready to go before we fund the project. So, you know, the community will reach out to us, say, hey, we're interested in receiving a bottle school. We'll say, great. You know, we'll kind of do an initial analysis and see how many kids there are, how many teachers there are, what the current infrastructure is in the community. We'll see if there's, we'll really judge and assess if there's an actual need there. And if there is, we'll get them working on creating the eco bricks. And then when they have, like I said, 80 to 90% done, they'll come to us and say, hey, we're ready. And then we break ground. We don't really try to make it a long, drawn out, complicated process. If they show their bot in, then we're excited to support them. And then they also volunteer time throughout the construction cycles, right? Different phases of construction. So not only are they providing the trash and providing all the hours for creating the eco bricks, they're also each family commits to volunteering a certain number of hours to the project 
throughout the construction life cycle. We also work with the local municipality and the mayors to provide the skilled masons. So it's really a system of bringing different people together to make it happen. The mayor is involved and committed. The community is involved. We're providing the construction materials. So it's a very synergistic system that takes place. And what we've seen is that it leads to projects that are very sustainable. And then also with the environmental education program, we're teaching why we don't burn trash. And um, we do, you know, tree planting um, projects with the communities because there's a lot of deforestation that happens in the areas that we support. Um, So there's just a lot that takes place with these projects, a lot of wins that happen. That's really fascinating. And so you're not only contributing to bolstering the infrastructure in these places, but you're also making a positive impact on the environment with these bottle schools repurposing what otherwise is probably loose refuse throughout the, the, the community, but now putting that literally in the walls of these schools and these buildings. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, and, and teaching the kids for the future. Yeah. yeah. To and, we, that. and we talk about this on the trips, but it's like, it's so incredible that these communities who have been abandoned by their government, the Guaman government for decades and generations are able to be part of the solution for themselves. They're coming together and they're really supporting themselves to make this happen. And it's extremely empowering. And the kids, you know, how many kids in the States or North North America get to say that they helped build their own school, that they were part of the solution to this problem. That's big. You know, it's a really big thing. Um, And just to clarify, there is no waste management system in these areas. There's no recycling, right? So if you lived in more developed areas, you might have waste management or they pick it up and take it to a landfill. Um, but in these communities, there, there's none of that. So they literally just, there's no option other than just throwing the trash on the side of the road, right? So mm. there's plenty of trash. Right. And we've actually seen some communities that maybe they didn't have enough trash. So not only do they clean up their community, but they'll also go to a neighboring community and pick up their wow. trash, right? <laughs> or a win-win. Or, yeah. yeah. Or some communities will create more eco bricks than they need. And then they'll donate those to another community, you know? So it just really becomes a really cool um, synergistic thing that's happening. Yes. And I, I can only imagine the immense amount of pride that these communities have when they can step back and see that they physically have created yep. these new buildings and opportunities for students and teachers. That that That's incredible. Um, but before we kind of dive into this individual experience with uh, with Guatemala, with uh, Tamara and Cindy chiming in, Jan, how does Life Touch select these locations? Because you've been all over the world. What What is the process in kind of identifying the next Life Touch memory mission? Great question. Um, it's been quite organic, quite frankly. Um, and so in the beginning, you know, like I mentioned, it was Kosovo, but then we decided to do stateside. So we did some things in Tennessee and West Virginia. We went to New Orleans after Katrina hit. Um, we went to the Navajo Nation and helped fil- build a footbridge for children to walk safely to school. And then in 2011, we ended up in a partnership with AASA, NAESP, and NASSP. So those three educational associations. And they asked if they could bring some of their members with us on a memory mission trip. And they asked, is there any way we could go to a developing country and we would like to build a school? 
And so we did research and found a lovely community in the Dominican Republic. And um, long story short, we ended up going there eight years and we built two school campuses. And um, it's now probably over 500 children in these two communities that are now able to go to school. That's amazing. It is amazing. And, you know, I could talk for an hour about that and I won't. Um, (laughs) But we decided that it was time to kind of shift gears and kind of look at where might we go. And uh, through my research, as I mentioned, I found Hug It Forward. And for me, it's really important to find purpose, not only during the trip for the volunteers, but also after the trip. So I'm always thinking about it from the lens of the educators. So the superintendents, principals, teachers, um, whomever go on the trip, how do they take this experience and do more with it when they return? So there's an educator guide that we create that allows the volunteers to really think about this opportunity before the trip, during the trip, and then after. And so are there little nuggets that they can take back to their school and teach their students or their staff or their leadership team about servant leadership or about, in this case, environmental um, and reduce, reuse, recycle, et cetera. So that's kind of the process. And again, it's pretty organic. And I really listen to the volunteers. If they have a great experience, I want to build on that. And I take all their feedback. And I'm very serious about that. I take their feedback and just continue to tweak the memory mission program. So it has evolved greatly over the last 20 some years. It sounds like an amazing opportunity and a lot of work goes into it. And I'd like to hear that is really an organic process. I mean, that again, speaking to ownership and pride and really wanting to have that level of accountability, that organic process, I'm sure is really helpful. So moving forward, let's dive into the actual trip to Guatemala a little bit. And I'm curious, maybe starting with you, Cindy, and then Tamara, can you give us an idea of what it was like? Uh, how how much time did you spend there? And just what was like a typical day for you? Sure. So we headed to Houston, all of us individually, and we met up in Houston as a group and got to know one another. Jan led us through some activities that helped us um, not only learn about one another, but also kind of help develop our perspective of where we were going, right? Um, into a developing country, what to what to think about, how to um, look at things, right, and and gain that perspective. So we spent that night, and then Thursday we headed into Guatemala, flew in, and Adam and his team, Hug It Forward, met us at the airport, and um, they transported us to Tecpan, Guatemala, which is where we stayed in a wonderful hotel, and. Um, we just got acclimated. We spent three days actually on site working on the school. And each night um, after some work, we would do a, a cultural experience, right? And so we got to learn more about the 36 year civil war. We got to learn more about uh, migration challenges for the Guatemalan people. And um, we had wonderful opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies with the teachers and, and the principal and the kids. and. Um, uh, just we worked hard. Uh, the kids were right there with us. It was amazing. When Adam talks about the community um, involvement and engagement, and um, I, they they were just amazing. Just being there with us, right beside us, the students helping us, 
I mean, they're not in school yet. They go to school from February to November. And these kids were there and mm. um, right beside us, working with us, sometimes taking over. I mean, it was just amazing experience to, to have. Um, each night, Jan would also uh, lead us through reflections so we could reflect on our day, what we learned, what kind of stood out for us and um, kind of see how it was impacting us. I'll let Tamara awesome. share a little this bit. This sounds like it's almost... It's such a riveting experience uh, as you recapitulate all the moments. At the same time, you gaining a history lesson, new connections, forming new bonds, reflections, almost like a like retreat, if you will, oh, to yeah. go through something like this and to pay it forward with the volunteer experience. I mean, you talk about, so you spent three days there total. Is that correct? On site. We were on the work site for three days, okay. but we were in Guatemala for six days. Could, could you and maybe Tamara give a course of what it was like in one day, like just I'll let Tamara speak. Oh, one day. Okay, so I'll talk about one day on the work site. Um, and this every day was different. Every day was um, an indescribable experience. So I'll talk about probably my favorite day on the work site um, was picture day. So part of, we know Life Touch is a, a school photography company. And so part of the Life Touch memory mission there are volunteers from the Life Touch staff who are photographers. There's a videographer there. Um, and part of that experience is they're taking pictures of the students. And so um, the volunteers, whoever really wanted to um, try their hand at taking pictures of the students, um, and Cindy and I both did that. We got to go into the room with these cameras and take pictures of the kids. Um and it, it, there was video, there was, it was so much fun just seeing the kids um, just be kids. And of course, they some of the boys would come in and they didn't want to smile. And by the end of it, there was a smile on their face. And that ended up producing a really cool school picture for them. So um, just the things that Life Touch was able to accomplish in that very short period of time of getting all of these students photographed, um, I'm sure Jan could provide an exact number, but getting these students photographed and then they even had one of their staff members print the pictures and bring them down to Guatemala to deliver to the students by the end of our time there. Um, so that picture day, which that was my favorite day on site. Um, during the day, we would tie bottles. So as Adam was talking about the echo bricks, um, tying the bottles into the, the frame of the school is pretty much what we were doing as far as work on the site. The kids were right there with us. Um, it was fun talking with them and interacting with them. They helped us. They would run and grab bottles for us. Um, just a fabulous experience. And then as Cindy said, um, there was uh, some cultural experiences there as well with having a guest from the community kind of give sure. his story on uh, his migration to the United States, which that was beyond powerful. Mm. Um, we had the teachers who uh, gave us a presentation of kind of a day in their life, a day in their uh, lesson planning for the students. It was just incredible, incredible it, experience. The more you speak, the more it sounds like it's just, it's so awesome. and such an amazing experience. I mean, uh, you know, I, I have so many more questions now. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do today. It's, it's unreal. But, you know, I'm always curious, too, um, just in general, because I've never been in Guatemala. And I guess Adam alluded to it earlier when he stated that, you know, they're going to start school February to November. So I guess South America is sort of the opposite, right, of North America um, in, in, this, in respect to, like, the weather. How, how was 
that, like, you know, I've never been there before myself, but the scenery, just, this may sound like it's on the surface, but I, you know, I'm just curious because I like traveling and that's the travel aspect, you know, immersing yourself in new culture. So the food, the atmosphere, um, the interactions, you name it. Um, and pretty much like how are the folks, you, you talked about the kids, you know, whatnot, but overall out there from your camp and how you interact with them, you know, and really what did you take home from this? Like, did you experience anything that's changed your perspective of schooling, you know, around the world or in other words, what did you really learn from all this? That's a so, loaded question, Jack. Yeah. I'm sorry. I told you how I lied. I'm sorry. It's just, I, I had to get it all out. There's it was like bubbling, you know? Yeah. Well, and keep in mind, Jack, that, and, and Jan and, and Adam can elaborate further on this if I miss something, but keep in mind that these students walk anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour and a half to get to school. Wow. So their day starts at like 730 in the morning minutes? and goes till 1230 yes. in the afternoon because they I'm need serious? to walk home. Wow before it gets dark, right? And before it's Correct. nighttime. Now, that's the students. There are teachers that we learned about that actually would walk an hour and a half to get on what they call a chicken bus and then get on the chicken bus and ride the chicken bus for an hour to the school. And yet those teachers will still get there before 7.30, right? In preparation oh for the students to wow. come. And so the- That's amazing. The, that's dedication too. Yeah, the dedication, wow. the- um, I'm going to get emotional again. Um, yeah, Tamara. Okay. <laughs> Take over. Oh, so now you're going to make me cry. Hold you're the hand. Me cry. I'm um, getting Terry too. <laughs> it's, it, was, it was a very emotional experience, to say the least. Um, I think all of us were touched and changed in ways that we didn't have any idea that we would be touched and changed um, as far as perspective on schooling around the world. I think... Um, us looking at things through our U.S. eyes, I think a lot of us would look and say we would see what wasn't there and what they didn't have. Um, but what they had, they may do with. Like, we don't have schools in the United States that have metal corrugated roofs, but that's what we saw there. Um, the schools had concrete flooring, bathrooms that were detached from the school building. Like, those are things that are that's their school there. And we don't experience that here in the United States. So what we, what's common to us would be more like a luxury in uh, Guatemala or in a, a developing country period. So I think as far as a takeaway, as far as schooling around the world is just, um, we have a lot of access, whether it's in the, the U.S., uh, Canada, the U.K., uh, there's a lot of access and a lot of opportunity that the greater part of the world doesn't have. Um, and that was a big takeaway for me. And we all know it. We, okay. we see it on TV. We, But mm -hmm. until you lay your eyes on it personally and live, it. And live it, you don't really have that appreciation for it. And that for me was like the, the biggest wow. takeaway and really the biggest gratitude for me to be able to have that experience. And we were even invited into community members' homes that oh. is a very personal experience. Like to have someone invite you into their home. Breathtaking. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's, oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine uh, what kind of perspective that was and how it really puts our own lives into perspective and maybe things we take for granted that, you know, uh, other countries and other communities just don't have the, as you said, Tamara, luxury of, of having. And this is something that's kind of 
part of our everyday life. Uh, but Jan or Adam, anything you'd like to add in terms of your specific experience to, to Guatemala? You know, I'll just jump in here. Um, Tamara mentioned Picture Day. And uh, one of the things that Life Touch chose to do starting back, you know, in 2000 was whenever we do a trip, we always want to bring our gift of photography to that experience because where we go, it may not be a given or something expected. And so Adam and the Guatemalan team, they were gracious enough to allow us to bring our cameras. And literally it was the first picture day at the school that they've ever had. Oh, wow. And we were able to upload the images over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, we had the lab ready in Plano, Texas to print the pictures overnight. And our lab manager uh, loaded up over 400 picture packages, 46 pounds in one suitcase, and flew down on Sunday, uh, which allowed us at the closing ceremony to hand out the pictures. And we really wanted the volunteers to be able to participate in that and see firsthand what a, a picture, a printed picture means to someone in a developing country that they we take for granted and that is not something that typically happens in other countries. And so it was really powerful, you know, for me, and I've done it for so many years. Um, but to be able to see, you know, kids look at themselves in an 8 by 10 with wonderment to just go, that's what I look like. That is really a picture of me. And then to have them run over and show mom and dad and, you know, grandma and grandpa their pictures. So that's just a, a little tidbit that kind of makes the trip special for me specifically. But to be able to share the gift of photography, not only with the volunteers and what we do every day, but then also the community that we serve. Great. And I, I think that really leads into my next question. And uh, I, I'll just open it up to the group. But the, the four of you being on this trip and, and making this happen is has a substantial impact, I imagine, on these communities. So specific to this trip, you know, what impact do you think that you had on this community and what were you able to offer to uh, these families? I'll start in, in one way. So, um, you know, one of the things Adam, I think, mentioned earlier was sustainability, right? And so we go into a developing country and we just want to help, right? We know we come from a... a a land of opportunity. And so um, it, they asked us and Jan kept telling us and had to remind us, you know, because educators, we, you know, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And Jan kept having to remind us, we, they asked us to come help build a school. And so that's, that's what we were there for. And so just to really um, be a, be a, in the moment, uh, Andy was one of our travel guides and he was always saying, you know, just be in the moment, stay in the moment and, and everything. And so just having that opportunity to be in the moment and build that school. Um, yeah, it was just, was just incredible. So um, not that we were there to uh, solve all their problems, not that we were there to um, in essence, really make their life better, but we were there to provide a school for them and, and that's sustainable, right? You know, so um, that was a, a big takeaway for, for me as to what our, our true purpose was being there. And I think as far as impact, um, in my opinion, the impacts that we all made there um, was just as Cindy was mentioning and Jan kind of reinforcing to us, we're there to help them build a school, work alongside them to build a school. That at the end of the day, that's what we did. We helped them meet um, their educational needs. 
And they worked right alongside us with meeting those educational needs. Um, And I think it was just such an awesome experience to be in the community, children and families, um, with this group of people that don't look like them. Most of us didn't speak their language, um, but we were all just working together and we got the work done. That's surreal. One thing that was unique that, um, and and we see this in in the United States, right, is one thing that's unique is um, these kids from these communities come to these schools and they don't speak Spanish, they speak Mayan, they speak the indigenous language. And so just as we, you know, we have English and ESOL and other languages coming into our country and and that challenge of communicating with them, these teachers have this, uh, you know, very similar challenges. This school, 640 students, and there were 20 teachers, you know, and so we would hear about their class sizes, we would hear about their challenges. And as Tamara talked about earlier, just the resources they use, you know, one of the teachers shared with us a flower, you know, she did a an instructional lesson with her students with a flower, something they see every day. What color is it? How many petals does it have? What does it look like? How would you describe it? You know, and so um, just, uh, I, I don't know, it was it was just amazing experience. I, it was life changing. But yeah, the, the, the things that um, they have to work with and the things that, that they're challenged with, and yet, you know, they, they do it every day. And if I can, if I can add something as well, um, and it's really heartwarming to, to hear the reflections I'm really enjoying this. Um, and I shared this during the trip, but you know, in Guatemala, in these communities, the community members have really only heard about the United States and the opportunities and the abundance that happen in the United States. They have a very small worldview. Um, because there is so much migration that is happening to North America, specifically the U.S. And for them, when they think about people that live in the U.S., um, there is a belief that people from the U.S. have complete freedom. They have they live in complete abundance. They have you know all the money that they could possibly need. There's opportunity. They can do anything they want with their lives, basically. So. For them, for this, for this community to be able to host a group of 38 people that came down to spend those resources, that time and that money, to spend a week with them in their community, helping them with their project is extremely powerful um, because it just helps them realize that maybe they do have value past the monetary, past the tangible that these people are here to experience. And they do. They have family and they have human connection and they have presence and they have all these things who a lot of us in more developed areas are are maybe lacking. And I think that's one of the reasons that this experience is so powerful is because you just get back into that place of presence and human connection. And um, so it's really a big deal for them to be able to host the groups of volunteers and then get that value and that confidence and just be like, wow, like, yeah, they've got everything, but they're choosing to spend this week with us. It's very empowering for them. Yeah, I imagine. So, you know, um, I, I'm just, you know, because now I want to get back to the SBOs, right? This has been a different experience here on uh, this podcast, but we needed this, I, I think. Um, as Cindy as put it, be in the moment um, and understand what it means for you. 
and how maybe other opportunities can come for myself or, or our peers. Uh, because I think this is, um, it's, it's not just a gut-wrenching, it, it's, it's part of life and what you do and, and paying it forward. And going through something like this does transcend all. So um, I don't know if any anybody maybe, I would actually mean to Tamara and, and Cindy, if you had a similar experience like this before, um, you know, maybe how does this trip measure up? Or I don't even know if it was your first time doing it, but um, really in the accounts that you have just conveyed, why do you think this has become such an important endeavor for you now? Because for me, I want all of our listeners to hear this so they can see the impact and how powerful this is. So I'll jump in. Um, so we all know as, as school business officials, um, we spend our time serving the community and it's all behind the scenes, right? Like many mm-hmm. people don't really know what we do, but we do it day in and day out because we love our communities and um, we want to serve our communities. One thing that this experience um, has done for me is it's it showed a side of um, education and of a community that I personally have never seen before, and that's gratitude. Just the gratitude that the community showed us being there for the work that we were doing. Um, and it, I think that's what makes it so emotional for us and um, because we don't get that, especially as school business officials. We take a lot of heat for our jobs. True. Um, People get upset when we're talking about increasing their property taxes. They get upset when we have to cut budgets. They get upset. Teachers, for instance, get upset when technology isn't working. Well, we were in a place where there wasn't any technology. There were no right. smart boards on the wall. Like that. So just <laughs> such to, a good point, Tim. <laughs> right. So to to have that experience of teachers who were grateful for us being there and for what we were doing for the community and for the community as a whole. The, the parents, the grandparents, the children, the gratitude that they expressed to us um, was just, it, it was incredible. And it, it really made the experience worth it. I've never had a volunteer experience like that before. Um, I've done like days of service before in my own community and in other local communities, but never a, a volunteer trip. Um, and I've already started looking for other opportunities to volunteer. So that's how I've been impacted by it. Um, it's a life-changing experience. Um, this will Sounds absolutely like be my yeah. favorite experience. I'm already claiming it. This is going to be my favorite experience, at, no matter what other trips more. I do. Yes, <laughs> that's good. Absolutely. I like that yeah. already. Yeah, so for me, um, I've been on mission trips before, but not in a developing country. Um, um, Tamara and I had a lot of conversation about resources and how we see the abundance of resources. And... Um, yeah, you go to a country like this. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I can only imagine the experience being on the ground and seeing what these communities are having to deal with. And just, I think it shows the perseverance of the human spirit and what people are capable of doing when they may not have everything that others do. But I think the perspective is important that although countries like the United States and Canada and the UK have resources, it doesn't mean that countries that 
have less than that can't have a quality education and make do with what they have. And that's really kind of the theme I'm getting out of this. And I'm hoping that those listening can can take a nugget of that and bring that back to what they do, uh, because it's all too easy to get wrapped up in our day to day and take for granted what we have, especially those resources and to, con- to, to even fathom just our normal day being viewed as a luxury from another community is something I think that is really worth reflecting on. And, you know, Cindy, obviously it's, it's, and everyone here is a very emotional experience. And I think I may already know the answer to my next question, but is this something that you would consider doing again and why or why not? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> So sorry. Um, so we actually, my family actually sponsors a child um, in Guatemala. And so this was a, a, a trip near and dear to my heart. Um, just to see the country that he lives in. And and Jack, we didn't get to your, your question earlier. We kind of, it was so loaded, but um, the country is just beautiful. Um, so much history. Uh, we actually got to see a Mayan ruins and experience that, and the cultural the cultural experience related to that. Um, the rolling hillsides um, where they do all of their farming and um, and everything. The volcanoes that was new to me. Mm. Um, didn't really realize there was active volcanoes um, and everything, <laughs> and that a poofing volcano is a good thing. Okay. Um, to actually good to see the volcano poof and and have. Um, Lava comes out of it every now and then is actually a good thing. So um, that was new to me, um, but it was it was okay. beautiful. And um, we mm. actually had a, um, a chef, Chef Christy. She prepared our food, and it was just amazing. The yeah. the um, the butternut squash, the the papaya, the food. I mean, it's just the corn tortillas. I mean, we all wanted to take Christy <laughs> home with us, right? I mean, because she was just an amazing, amazing chef, and so. Um, it was just from from beginning Oof. of oh my gosh yeah. from the beginning of the day till the end of the day it was just um, oh my a gosh. wonderful life changing experience and I would highly recommend it to mm-hmm. anybody who can take the time and the opportunity to do. Jen, do you not to interrupt you Tony at all, but Jen, do, do you Adam does anybody do like a behind the scenes? You know, where there may be cameras. I know you take photos, you know, into group stuff, but to show as you're going through it, maybe um, shadowing or, or following somebody or a group of folks uh, to capture that. Is that done? And also, I know. Oh, Jack, that's a great question. Uh, Yes, as a matter of fact, um, we have a videographer that is an amazing storyteller. Great. And Donnie came on the trip. And uh, we literally just are finishing the editing of a four-minute video, and it'll probably get posted in the next week to our website, lifetouchmemorymission.com. Okay. And um, you can go and watch it, and you'll see all the behind the scenes. You'll see interviews. You'll see laughter. You'll see some some tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll get a chance to actually see the school being built with these bottles wow. and kind of the behind the scenes of how that works. Cause we really haven't talked about that. Beautiful. Um, but we really try to bring it forward mm-hmm. in telling that story. Wow. Okay. Well, wow. you know, I mean, we, we gotten a lot of, uh, dialogue here. Um, we've kind of even gone over time, but it doesn't matter. As you said in the beginning, we figured that 
we got most people we had on a long time. But is there anything else uh, anybody will like our listeners listen to? And I see Cindy, you may even want to say, hey, go Chiefs. I see you got your jersey on right there. <laughs> but that's a, little, that, that's a little light in the mood, you know? That's a little something different there. Um, I'm going for him too, because I'm in New York. I don't like Philadelphia. I got to just say that real quick. <laughs> but anyway, but getting back, I always digress. Uh, anything else, you know, seriously, that maybe we've said so much that it may not be anything else. Right. But I mean, if there any any parting, we always ask for any parting advice or words. You know, this this for me, this hour has been very uh, rewarding. And uh, thank you for the invitation. And I love to just hear volunteers, you know, reflect even a couple of weeks later. And one of the things that Adam and I had talked about is, you know, we want this experience to be very personal and allow the volunteers to really learn serve and become inspired. And I think if if you're listening and uh, you can hear it through Cindy and Tamara's voice that they certainly learned and they felt that they served, but they're inspired to do more. And the the other thing that I'll I'll talk about really quick is um Andy, we've already referenced him. He's on the Hug It Forward team. I think he was the one that said common unity creates community. And I loved that because I think that is kind of in, in today's world, anytime that we can have some common unity, we can create a community. And I think that's what we're lacking in some cases. So to me, that's kind of my, my North start right now. And then for me, um, parting words for the listeners is if you ever, ever, ever are presented with this opportunity or any opportunity similar, take it. You better um, do it, right? That's better right. Better do it. It <laughs> right. will absolutely change it. your life. Um, Amen. It will, it, it's something, I think back to the day when the email came out that Cindy mentioned that uh, we had the opportunity to apply. And I hesitated when I first saw the email, I hesitated. I think back to that day and I'm like, why did I hesitate? That if I had not made the move when I did to say, okay, yes, I'm interested, I would have never had this experience. So um, I just recommend if, if you have the opportunity, take it. Great. And I can't thank you all enough for joining us today to, to discuss this. And this is very emotional, very impactful. And if people want to find out more about the next opportunity to do so, uh, where can they go to, to get some more information? Go to lifetouchmemorymission.com, one word, small letters, uh, the application for the 2024 trip to Guatemala uh, to build another Hug It Forward school will probably be live by mid to late February, and the trip will happen next January of 2024. But everything that you are interested in knowing more about the history or the video, um, et cetera, is all going to be there, lifetouchmemorymission.com. You can also join Hug It Forward T, um, events teams um, through 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 them as well. So because I think Jan, that's how she went one of the first times was she actually joined another group to see what it was like, right? And so I know that Hug It Forward. I follow them on Instagram and other social media, but they have other bottle school building events um, that if anybody wants to go and join a group, they can do that as well. Is that correct, Adam? Yeah, that is correct. And we just love connecting with people, you know, people that are curious about the communities, Guatemala, the trips, whatever it is. 
Um, so we do have information on our website, hugitford.org. Um, and then also, if anyone wants to reach out, my email's on there. You can email me and I'd be happy to top on a call or communicate through email, whatever it is. Yeah, we just really love talking about what we're doing um, and hosting people in country. So yeah, excited to see what comes of this. And I really appreciate everyone's time. Very Lots of gratitude for sure. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, Tamara, Cindy, Adam, Jan, thank you all so much for your time today. We're incredibly excited to get your story out to our listenership. And hopefully you'll see an influx of uh, applicants for the 2024 Guatemala Life Touch mission. So thank you all and uh, enjoy your day. Thanks, John. Thank you all. Thank you again for tuning in to SBO Perspectives. That was quite the conversation, Jack. Uh, something that I didn't think was Be going honest. to evolve into. Me neither. We so happy that we had that. Deeper than, you know, I mean, think of a, so much stuff I picked up out of myself. Um, besides us maybe looking for volunteer opportunities ourselves. But right, really, right. you know, what Cindy said, be in the moment. Think about it. They were out in another country. They didn't expect it in people's houses. Yeah. Building a school for kids. They didn't speak the language. Um, they were immersed completely in this experience. And, it, you know, they got a chance to learn the culture at the same time uh, to, to go around and out. And all about giving. And again, what Tamara said was a good point was, you know, we work hard as business officials. And, um, you know, this is something that you recognize is different and for yourself because we don't, you know, we face a lot of heat sometimes, right? And and what we go through. Um, but I mean, folks, when you hear this, and I mean, I like this, what you said, come and unity, right? Creates a community. I love that. So that's great. That's <laughs> it's, great. It's, yeah. It's the, good. the perspective so, is really important. And, you know, we try to offer a lot of perspective here, but I don't know that we've had one as like engaging yeah. and is, different episode. So we got to stamp yeah, this out. Impactful. So all this is no, this is a special feature uh, because yeah. this is a uh, unprecedented. It's, it just uh, transcends all. John, well, you, so, you've heard uh, it from from our guest today, and we hope you're inspired to yes. maybe get involved with uh, a Life Touch Memory Mission or uh, Hug It Forward, both great organizations that are really looking to give back to the community. So again, thank you everyone for tuning in thank today, you. and we'll catch you next week.